What's up, fight fans? Welcome to the UFC 234 or hashtag UFC Chalk City post-fight show brought to you by SB Nation MMA, which includes websites like go- Bloody Elbow and MMAmania.com. My name is Flying Brian Jade. Joining me as always are the Eddie Mercado, Mr. Positivity, and the Zane Simon, both from BloodyElbow.com. We just watched a rather mediocre uh, fight card, but it ended on a pretty good note. Anderson Silva looked a lot better against a guy about half his age than we expected he was going to. Uh, Zane, were you surprised by the main event, how it played out? Kind of. I mean, I, I also kind of thought that it very well could go all or go the distance just because Anderson Silva's not uh, he tends to not take as many chances these days. And like, you know, we saw in the third round, he just kind of coasted out that third round and just enjoyed hanging out in the fight. So I'm not necessarily that surprised that it was better, but I was surprised, I think, that Adesanya wasn't yeah, you know, Anderson Silva was as effective as he got to be in the first couple rounds, especially that that second round. And you know, it was it was reasonably entertaining. It reminded me a bit of it was a much better version of like that Nick Diaz fight that he had, but it reminded me a bit of that where it's like, yeah, both guys are doing some things, they're having some fun, they're trying some stuff, and they're clowning around, and it's entertaining, but it's not, you know the greatest fight in the world still but it's better than that one it was it was more meaningful Adesanya had more to lose so he was trying a bit harder yeah I thought that it turned out a pretty good I was surprised that Anderson Silva showed us flashes of classic Anderson Silva playing with his hands down eating mm-hmm. punches like he punched me okay go ahead and just do it again stand against the cage like he did against Stefan Bonner all of that stuff mm-hmm. but to me enjoying the the fight pretty a lot more than I thought I would, because honestly, Anderson Silva was my favorite fighter of all time. Yeah. I was very tense during the fight, and I was expecting to cry when he got knocked out in the first round. So that didn't happen. I'm I'm happy about it. It, it was a very cathartic fight because it, you know, it it really didn't feel like you watching it. You know, you're watching Anderson Silva lose, and it doesn't feel like he's losing. It just it feels like he's having fun out there and kind of getting to do whatever he wants and. That's very cathartic, at least. I don't mean to be negative. <laughs> you should. I kind of feel like this was... Izzy, his job was to put his dog to sleep, and he couldn't do it. You know, There's some of that. I mean... Like he, the, just couldn't, he just couldn't do it. I feel like... The fight speech, I think, told you a lot. When suddenly you really got to hear how starstruck Adesanya was... Yeah. When he's talking about getting to like play basketball with Michael Jordan out there and stuff like that, and just kind of like, oh man. Well, and I think that- even like uh, it, it off mic, like the camera was just so close, you happened to pick it up, and he was talking to Anderson. He's like, dude, I have you on the UFC DVDs. Yeah, you know, I used to watch you on the DVDs, and it's like you know he he really was fanboying it up. You know, it was yeah. legit. You know, his idol became his rival. You know, and I I think it was it was. I think that had a lot to do with it, and I think, I think he definitely could have done more, and he probably could have just waxed Anderson in the first round. But I think he he agreed to just have fun with Anderson. And I don't know. He got hit by some right counter right hands over and over again in the fight that kind of suggested that. Like, I think it was a lot. Really, was just not even agreeing to have fun, but just kind of like getting having a little success, and then just being like a little shocked, a little stunned, a little like oh. You know, I mean, even Daniel Cormier had that experience fighting Anderson Silva of just being like, 
I'm in here fighting Anderson Silva. Like it, you know. Oh, yeah, a even, lot of I mean, Derek Brunson. He actually was composed. Yeah, <laughs> fighting Anderson Silva. That never happens. No. So I he does have that aura about him. It's like fighting your dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Anderson's almost old enough to be Adesanya's dad, but I loved when immediately the fight was over and they kind of embraced and then were hugging and Anderson's in his ear saying, you're the best, thank you for the fight. And Adesanya yeah. like teared up a little bit. I loved that. That was, was fucking dope. Yeah. In terms of like, like watching said, it as it was, cinema. It's a cathartic fight. It, it's a fight that it doesn't say anything great about Adesanya's title hopes or his, you know, his future, but it also, we don't even really know, you know, like I say, when you hear how emotionally, like, invested Adesanya was afterward, I don't know if it says anything at all. Like, it's just like this was clearly a fight that meant a lot for him to just go out there and be there and have that moment. So. Yeah, it was a dream fight for sure. Yeah. But uh, I like afterwards, you know, he talks some shit to Gastelum, who's out yeah. there rocking the belt for no reason. He's like, put that down, dude. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. So that might that might be the fight that shapes up because we don't know how long Whitaker's going to be out. I think it's going to be kind of lengthy from what I hear. Yeah, they said, they said initially like a month or two, but then they also started talking about he had like actual surgery for like two different things, a collapsed bowel and a hernia. Wow. And, you know... Could no be it, it could be that the road to recovery is like six months even, and at that point, yeah, you know, maybe Adesanya and Gastelum both want to get back in there. Yeah, why not do an interim? Seems to be the thing to do in that division, anyways. <laughs> well, in Let's the UFC period, <laughs> yeah, in the UFC period, even if it was like if he was out for six months, oh, interim title might be warranted and half the time they're not even warranted so when there's actually could be used for one let's go ahead and do that damn thing i was you know i was a little shocked not shocked but i thought first of all i didn't want anderson silver to get knocked out tonight so my I, my first thought whitaker's out like let's just put adesanya versus gaslam in there right now because that's the most relevant fight that we could make but then i thought okay you're, you're losing the main event you can't also lose the name value that, that anderson silver brings to it yeah and I bet you there was no way you're gonna you're taking the Anderson Silva fight away from Adesanya, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like there was and, no no amount of money would have pulled him away from that. And if if Gastelum, like you know, I hear I, I was hearing people talking about uh, close to it, talking about how Ga- the UFC took care of Gastelum a bit. If you have the chance to get a little bit, you know, if you have a chance to be taken care of, and you feel like you're still gonna keep your title fight opportunity out of out of all this that Whitaker might not be gone that long that you're still the first guy in line you're not fucking fighting Israel Adesanya on a day's notice like yeah, yeah. Would it's be just not that that's not the move you know that's not a fight you agree to because if you lose that you are definitely not getting that title shot opportunity you know I saw Luke Thomas on Twitter saying that he doesn't think Gaslam has a guaranteed title shot. Well, I know I know yeah. that Ali Abdelaziz said that Kelvin's going to get taken care of, but Luke was saying that he didn't think that Gaslam would be out there parading around with uh, Henry Cejudo's title belt if he were already guaranteed a title shot. So he's just trying to posture himself to try to keep the title shot. Well, there are no guarantees, but I'm just saying that, you t- you, you know, you, you definitely do not guarantee yourself a title shot by fighting Israel Adesanya on a day's notice. Like, that is an absolute lack of guarantee on the outcome. Yeah, high risk. 
especially when you don't have to. Yeah. Very true. Um, so if Gaslam stays with the title shot against Bobby Knuckles, what do you think's next for him? When Anderson Silva, I think, won round two, I was like, yes, Anderson might actually win this fight, but then I saw shades of Yoel Romero next for him, and I was like, fuck, Anderson, you better lose this third round. <laughs> Or are you going to catch those hands of God, man? What's next for Anderson? No, what's next for Israel? And since he's not going to be... If Gaslam fights Whitaker next, what's next for Israel? I mean, the winner of that, sure. Or what's Luke Rockhold doing? Is he injured? I think he's... Rockhold keeps talking about going to 205 as his future, but I don't know if he's actually going to do that. So, yeah, a fight there wouldn't be a bad idea. I think a fight with, like... Adesanya versus Romero would be a terrible idea. Just because there's not real like even though Romero you could argue he won the second fight over uh Whitaker, mm-hmm. like there's not a clear call for him to get a third fight with Robert Whitaker. He missed weight for his title shot. He lost twice in a row and his ti- those title fights were some of the UFC's worst selling pay per views of last year. Like it's like on paper, it, it's horrible. But like if you just look at UL Romero, you're like, yeah, that dude needs to be in all the title fights. Yeah, like, all yeah. of them. Yeah, like he's so, so scary. You know, if you put if you put Adesanya through that, then you're basically just saying, well, we might lose our next vi- most viable title challenger, our our you know the next potential star that could really sell the next pay per view. For a guy who's already lost twice and did not sell either pay-per-view even a little. And can't make weight, yeah. It's yeah. so sad because the Soldier of God is really, really fucking exciting. Also, Romero's fighting Costa. If by any chance uh, Paulo Costa actually wins that fight, then you could do Costa versus Adesanya. Yeah, yeah. I'm, all, I'm all in for it, yeah. I mean, Adesanya's must-watch. You know, it's either straight to the title or title eliminator, and that's really it. Mm-hmm. Like he's just that good. He's that fun to watch, and it's it's easy. He he he's one of these self promoting guys, and that's yeah. exactly what the UFC loves. So they'll put him, yeah, you know, right there at the title. Speaking of guys that could be straight to the title, um, like Israel Adesanya, this isn't about UFC two thirty four, but it's actually about I was UFC. Say, it couldn't be not nah. from the rest of this card. No, I was kind of. Push this card to the side. We'll talk about it in a minute and we'll go to something more interesting because the rest of the 234 kind of sucked. Uh, UFC 235. Ovin St. Preux pulled out of his fight with Misha Sukranov and Johnny Walker offered to step in. I'm all in on that. Let's get fucking Johnny Walker. He's must-watch. Let's have him fight, you know, every other weekend or so. Yeah, sure. Johnny Dude. Walker wants to fight right now. I'll watch Johnny Walker fight. He's... And, you know, like I said, I talked about this on after his last win, but he's not that old, but he's been around long enough that you might as well just let him charge up that division as fast as he can. So Conor McGregor weighed in on Kelvin Gastelum walking around with the belt. He's like, why is that worm holding the 185-pound <laughs> belt? There are worms crawling on his skin. It was absolutely ludicrous to even consider allowing him to compete, let alone now walk around the arena shaking our fans' hands. Uh, someone sort this this instant and sterilize that belt immediately at the notorious MMA. I think ringworm is actually a fungus, but yeah. Well, I think uh, Gaslam, he told someone that he did have some staff 
Yeah, he, he had a big bump on the back of his neck too. So, dude had ringworm, had staff. He's definitely like it, it should have been. They should have showed Gastelum with the belt on in like a quarantined like plastic <laughs> bubble. Yeah, no one's gonna you take know? the belt from him in there. Um, I'm, it's like Gastelum's lucky that Whitaker pulled out because Gastelum <laughs> probably would have had to fucking pull out. Like that thing was huge. I saw yeah. a thing. It was like if Gasum needs to make weight, he's got to pop it. Oh god! <laughs> yeah, that was pretty disgusting. I saw one photoshopped. It was Dana White's head on the back of his neck. <laughs> All right. Man, that always wins. Right. But this fight, this card sucked though. It was a. Uh, it's like a boxing card. Yeah. It's like. Um, yeah, I'm still waiting for the main card to kick off. I yeah. can't believe this was a pay per view. It was one fight. Like yeah, one, one pay per view fight. This was a half. It was half a fight, really, because the fight we got. I mean, it was cathartic. It was that Adesanya Silva fight. It ended up being better than we thought. But if Silva had just gone out there and, or if Adesanya had just gone out there and starched Silva, we wouldn't be talking about it as a magnificently well booked fight. No, we'd all be feeling gross right now. Yeah. Other, but no, this is UFC Prague. I mean, Jan Blachowicz versus Thiago Santos, and then a bunch of fights that are filler yep and they feel like it too like they all they feel like prelims well and beyond just the fights weren't that great none of them were really that exciting i don't think we could give them fight of the night at all they were they were bad on paper they were okay in practice but the pacing was not very good at all like last week we had the espn plus entire night of fights which got over by the time this main main card even kicked off then during the pay-per-view portion of this they're showing us they're showing the 500 people that bought the fucking thing a promo for the next card like if we bought this one guess what we're gonna watch that next one you don't need to you don't need to take yeah, 15 minutes of my life this card who doesn't buy every single ufc that has ever come down the line yeah i I don't get why they take 15 minutes of my life to show me a promo for an actual really good fight that you know I'm going to fucking buy already. It's so you can go make a sandwich and get a Blumpkin. We talked about this. It's the sandwich and Blumpkin hour. I'd rather just have that happen 15 minutes afterward. Uh, you got to multitask, my dude. <laughs> I, I want a game of Fortnite. It's all about fucking multitasking here. I want a game of Fortnite during the prelims. So okay, well, there's yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey me. I think it was, uh, it was actually like when Young Ho Kang uh, submitted Drew Ishihara. Yeah, it was kind yeah. of fun, but I didn't feel like I needed to watch it. That time. Sure. There are a lot of fights on this card that were kind of fun, but I feel like I didn't need to watch them. the whole card. Honestly, yeah. It was good to finally see. So in the co-main, the co-main event of the evening, we had a guy who's won three and two in his UFC career versus a debutante who's six and four in his mixed martial arts career. Um, and yeah. it was, but it was good to see Lando Venata uh, get a win so we can keep him around because he's ordinarily really exciting. And he showed he showed some fight IQ for the first time in his career. I mean, he was fighting a really, really, really terrible opponent. So if he hadn't been able to show that much fight IQ to just dominate that fight, we would really be. He was fighting discount old Anderson Silva. <laughs> yeah. He's fighting the, the, the fighter that everybody thought old Anderson Silva was. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much. But Anderson's got a ground game, and that guy had no fucking clue what he was doing on his back. Yeah. At all. Just like, let me eat this elbow. Let me. I'm so hungry, I'm going to eat this elbow. 
Um, let's talk about the first fight on the main card, which uh, Jimmy Crew TKO Sam Alvey at 249 of round number one. Uh, Sam Alvey got knocked down. Crew was like going to be like, yay. But then Mark Goddard said, no, 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 you have to hit him some more. Then he went to hit him some more. And um, Sam Alvey gave the, it's impenetrable, the thumbs up. And then Sam Alvey got super mad at Mark Goddard. Uh, what do you think of the stoppage, Eddie? I thought it was a great stoppage. I think it's, it's ironic that he's bitching about my, Mark Goddard stopping his fights when Mark Goddard gave him ample time. Like the dude tried to call his own fight, and Goddard was like, nope, nope, <laughs> Alvy's tough. He said, let him take a beating. I'm going to let him take a beating. Alvy, take your beating. But like he was out on his feet, you know? So, I mean, the ref could have stopped it when Alvy like started stumbling after he stood up. The ref could have stopped it then, and I'd have been like, okay, cool, great stoppage, you know? But, you know, Going like this, <laughs> this is not this is not intelligent defense. It is a defense, but it's not intelligent. Yeah, so, that, it's not you getting to your feet and fighting back. No, you're not improving on your position. You're not threatening with any kind of submission or anything, reversal, nothing. You're you're doing sign language, and and if you're doing sign language, you're talking to the ref. Like if you're communicating with the ref, you're not fucking fighting. Like nah, dude, you're you're done. That was a good stoppage. I didn't. I mean. I could have been okay with seeing Sam Alvey get hit a couple more times, but I don't think it would have changed anything. Yeah, I think it was he was dead it, to rights, and he's lucky he got that long to even try to come back, because he, it could have been stopped a lot sooner than that. Yeah, I, I just don't favorite. care enough. I don't care enough to be <laughs> incensed on Sam Alvey's behalf. Yeah, you know, <laughs> same. Like you, you weren't supposed to get fucking clocked by that counter hook wading in flailing wildly chasing that dude down you did you got dropped in and you know he walked off because he thought you were out cold like i don't you know this is like some what jim crute is oh i don't know he's like 23 or something he's 22 he's a 22 year old kid who's just fresh off the australian regional scene and went to absolute war with one of the like lowest least athletic light heavyweights in the ufc and you just got your you, you know you got fucking washed by him and i'm just like i don't i don't care if you could have done it longer like you know you're 32 you've been through 50 fights you're supposed to be way better than that honestly i'm glad it ended <laughs> i didn't want to see any more it was typical Alvy coming out super slow and reserved. And, like, I just didn't want to see that shit. Yeah, it's just, I, it's hard to care. I mean. Yeah, and, for, like, it's on a pay-per-view. Like, what the fuck? You just got lit up by Little Nog in 2019. Or 2018. <laughs> I love that. Because for a guy who has the majority of his wins via knockout, and he, they always say, always oh, this knockout artist. He's dangerous at all times. Sam Alvey's a, a really boring fighter. So, like you said, to care about it is uh, something I just can't do. Um, I know I'm keeping you guys super long, but I just w I want you to stay for one more thing. Shane Young defeated Austin Arnett on the ESPN prelims, and the decision was split. No, it was no that was Kai, no it was Kai Kara Fran was it which one was okay it was Kai Kara France Kara versus France was split with Raleigh and Paiva. Yeah, um, and that one there are a lot of people saying it was a home cooked decision. I thought it was it was fair for Kai Kara France, and I say it every time. If you want to have that tight of a fight with a guy in his home country, you can't really expect to get it to lean your way. What 
Zane, what did you think of the decision? I, I assumed the judges would score it for France. I picked Paiva going in as an underdog pick. I was, you know, I, I thought he did enough to win. But at the same time, I was scoring it and watching it live. I was, I was like, you know, I think judges are going to see what, like, the way Kyra France ended round two. And they're going to give him rounds one and rounds two. And then Paiva did enough to take round three. And that, like, that's just the way it is. And that's... That's how it was. Like it, it was a close fight, and it's against two guys. It's in flyweight. They're both gonna end up fucking cut in six months. So who cares? Like the the best thing about this as a bad decision is that Cara France keeps his job because he's five foot four. He's not moving up to one hundred and thirty five pounds. And Raleigh and Paiva's five eight. He can go up if he needs. Like he can argue his way into a bantamweight fight and keep from getting the axe. And you know, great, fine, whatever. But, like, the division's dead, so who cares if somebody lost a contentious split decision? I kind of hope that the division is not dead, and instead what Dana White's doing is just getting rid of everybody who had a chance to actually be somebody already, and he's just signing, like, a completely new crop. It's like, let's cut that's, everybody. That's a nice idea, but it's not yeah, what's happening. All right. You know, just, like, get rid of the whole staff. Like, a new boss comes in, it's like, everybody's fucking fired. I'm bringing in my own guys. That's just what he's doing yeah. to the flyweight division. Yeah. Bringing in the new guys. But nice idea. Thank you. <laughs> Eddie, what do you think of the decision? Honestly, I don't care. All right. Yeah. Uh, the second round could have gone either way. It's a fight. Uh, you know, what do you expect? The guy from New Zealand got the nod. Home cooking? No, I think it was just a close fight. I think it would have been the same decision no matter where they were. If they were in Brazil, would it have gone the other way? Would it have been home cooking that way? No, it would have been a close fight, and it could have gone either way. So whatever like it, it was a fight that was very close and that's yeah. you can't be mad at it you should be like okay it's a split decision and if you can see it a split decision one way then you you have to see it going the other way if, yeah, you know. it's not like you know judges gave austin arnett rounds or like scored hit that fight for him against shane young then yeah, yeah then you'd be like uh what the shit is this why why but no it's fine it's a close fight Car France had some bigger moments. He looked like he landed some good hard shots. They both mixed it up, and uh, he won. Whatever. Speaking of Austin Arnett, Zane, what do you think about Rick Little uh, headed into the third round telling uh, Arnett that he needs to get in more of a brawl with Shane Young? And that's exactly what got him knocked down at the very end of the fight. Eh, I mean, that's pr- pretty <laughs> typical of like, Rich, R- Rick Little uh, coaching. I mean, just, you know. Yeah, just, he's 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 kind of the poster boy for their camp right now, and that kind of sucks. So I don't know what to tell him. Like I feel bad. I feel bad about it because, like, it sucks to see somebody just going out there without a lot of tools, very clearly, and just getting like easily outworked by Shane Young. It was a fun fight. Arnett had moments. He made it more difficult than expected, but he still got outstruck two to one in every round. And then got absolutely blasted at the end of the fight. For doing the exact wrong thing, which his coach yeah. told him to do. Yeah, well, you know. Well, at least he listened. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. He, he was down to do that anyways, because he was, he was down to brawl. Like, the further the, the fight went on, the more willing he was to, he, the more down he was to just stand there, yeah. bite down, and start trading. When, Mostly, I was just impressed that Arnett had a lot of success going southpaw in round one. 
and in round two, Shane Young came out and started body punching him every time he went to Southpaw and forced him to go back to North to his right-handed stance for the rest of the fight. And like, good to see that out of Shane Young. It's a nice adjustment. Arnett's gonna have to run laps or do a snake or something for getting hurt to the body. Rick Little won't like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I can let you get out of here now, Zane. Right. Do, do your call off. All right, all right, fine, fine, fine. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for having us, me and Eddie. You can find me on Twitter at the Zane Simon. You can find Eddie on Twitter at the Eddie Mercado. We're gonna jump over and uh, record the sixth round. That'll drop tomorrow. Which you can find on Bloody Elbow Present on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere else. We're we're both over at BloodyElbow.com day in day out. So find us there as well, and uh, we'll see y'all later. Thanks for being here, guys. Zane, Eddie, a lot of love Adios. for you. Take it easy. All right, fight fans, so for the rest of the show, which I don't think will last too long, let's talk about the rest of the fights. Um, you know how we do it. We often go over what our post-fight bonuses would be, uh, what our, you know, like what post-fight rating would you give the card? So Rob Aiden's here to, to cut some fighters. Uh, he says Teruto Ishihara and Austin Arnett need to be cut. I absolutely agree. Teruto, um, he, you know, in his UFC career, He's been fun to watch. He's, he's got big power, uh, but he's got three losses in a row. He hasn't shown great fight IQ. He hasn't shown a lot of diversity. Um, I mean, gosh, he's one and four in his last five. He's a dude that lost the decision to Artem Lobov. So, yeah, we've got to cut Teruto Ishihara. He's probably going to go to Risen or Ryzen or whatever. Josh Sanchez is here. Thanks for being here, my dude. Uh, six just because Anderson Silva fought. Let's talk a little bit more about that because it's really like all I cared about in the entire card and he's my favorite fighter. Then we'll we'll circle back to our post-fight bonuses. Jack Attack said about a 4 out of 10 because it was a pay-per-view. So I just want to tell a quick story while I've got your attention about Anderson Silva here. Um, I forget how long ago it was. Let me look it up. But I used to uh, lift a lot of weights and I, I was very fit. And this isn't me bragging. This is part of the story. I was in college for my exercise science degree, and my favorite fighter has been Anderson Silva since since Anderson came into the UFC. And in it must have been like March of 2013 when Anderson got scheduled to fight Chris Weidman the first time. I weighed about 207 pounds, and I decided that because Anderson was my favorite fighter, I was involved in you know exercise stuff. Kind of kind of revolves mixed martial arts and uh, lifting weights, you know, they intertwine. I thought, I'm going to cut weight so I can feel like I'm in camp with Anderson Silva. So I plan to cut from 207 pounds down to two, uh, 185 pounds. And I weighed in the day of weigh-ins, like when Anderson Silva weighed in against Chris Weidman. And I weighed in at 186 pounds. So I didn't make championship weight, but it was enough for me. I mean, cutting that... 20 pounds in three months was a was a huge deal for me at the time. And that's how much I love Anderson Silva. So that's a little backstory. The main event, I got a fucking cramp in my foot because of how tense I was. I was like, oh, God, like my heart's pounded. I'm, I'm on the verge of an anxiety attack thinking I'm going to have a heart attack any moment because I don't want Anderson Silva to get knocked out by Israel Adesanya. And during the, the main event that happened because Robert Whitaker had a hernia and a compacted bowel or an impact, a compressed bowel, whatever it was, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed what Anderson Silva brought to the table. You know, we saw glim glimpses of uh, 
Prime Anderson. If obviously he wasn't Prime Anderson, and he had some love handles on his back. He had his pants hiked up weird. Um, he 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 bruised up pretty easily. His his right eye got swollen up from a jab from Adesanya, I believe. But we saw him doing like the arm dancing thing, great with his defense, ducking out of the way, moving back away from Adesanya's punches, like he's in the Matrix. 43-year-old Anderson Silva looked like he was in the Matrix like back when he was in his prime, uh, sitting against the cage like when he fought Stefan Bonner, uh, spinning like heel sweep. I don't know what the hell that was, and that was dope as fuck. The way Anderson Silva like extended his leg once to defend a leg kick from Adesanya was fantastic. The, the, the right hook from Anderson caught Adesanya a bunch of times. Also, one time... Uh, Anderson caught a kick of Adesanya, kind of put him on the ground, and then Adesanya like rolled backward, was getting back to his feet, and as he went to the cage, Anderson went for a flying knee like he knocked out Michael the Count Bisbing with. Um, and what I'm, it's just all of those things is what we wanted to see from an Anderson Silva fight, and then because if Adesanya was taking it easy because it was his idol, or if Adesanya really couldn't finish Anderson Silva, what we got was a classic Anderson Silva style of performance. For 15 minutes, we saw the GOAT go in there and be himself, have a lot of fun, flowed with the fight, enjoyed himself, smiled when Adesanya punch, would punch him, uh, kind of like, not talk smack, but showed some bravado. Like, he, he said, I think he pointed at Adesanya's abs and said that Adesanya's abs were way better um, than his, his own abs. And I think that, the whole card sucked. I'd give it like a 2 out of 10, but the main event for me, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Of course, my, my favorite fighter lost, but I expected him to get freaking obliterated. So to see him go out there, show uh, glimpses of brilliance, show his old thing, I, I loved it a lot. So like Josh said, I'd give the card maybe a 6 because we got to see Anderson Silva fight and him not get knocked out and we shaw, we, we shaw. We saw some of what makes us love Anderson Silva, the flash, the panache, the bravado, all that shit. It was really, really fucking dope. Uh, Dr. Icon says, moral victory for Anderson Silva. Absolutely. I just wish that Anderson would retire after this. Uh, Josh asked, is my love for Anderson Silva why I have the yellow and black background? Yes, it absolutely is. Um... It's also why my logo is what it is. I don't know. Maybe you guys have never seen my logo. Let me see if I can bring my logo up real fast. Uh, my love for Anderson Silva is why my favorite color is yellow. Because Anderson Silva's um, colors are black and yellow. It's why I had my logo made to be a B with boxing gloves on or MMA gloves on. It's why I've got the black and yellow behind me here. I have an Anderson Silva shirt or two, but I've gained a lot of weight lately, um, and I cannot fit into them anymore. So if it weren't for me being a chubby bastard, I'd be wearing an Anderson Silva shirt right now. Rob Amon would like to see Anderson move up to 205 pounds and make one last run there. Anderson, in the post-fight after the Adesanya fight, said that he is not done. He'd like to fight in Curitiba the next time they show up. Are we still live? Is this still good? Alright, so I can't bring up my image. It's it's failing on me. So, we're not going to do that. Anyway, check my logo out. Follow me on Twitter at FlyingBrianJ. You can see 
my logo. Jack Attack says Anderson is too small for light heavyweight. Let me counter that with Anderson has fought three times at light heavyweight and murdered everybody. Right? Sure, that was in his prime. Okay. We've seen lately that the smaller fighters move up weight classes like Gastelum moving from 170 to 185. Whitaker did the same thing. Daniel Cormier moving to heavyweight. Uh, even even in the Cejudo versus TJ Dillashaw fight, we saw that the smaller guy is too fast for the heavier guy. So Anderson, sure he could get murdered at 205 pounds. He could get murdered by Yoel Romero at 185 pounds. So Anderson's his speed could benefit him at 205 pounds. And plus, and plus, light heavyweight is way more shallow. It has way less depth and uh, high-level talent in the top 15 than 185 pounds. I mean, you put Anderson Silva in there with, uh, I mean, who, who's a top 15 light heavyweight? Jack attacks his Silva versus Walker, set it for Curitiba. That's not happening. We're not giving Anderson Silva Johnny Walker. <laughs> um, I mean, some, some low level, like low 15 guy for Anderson Silva at light heavyweight would be absolutely fine. Like Nikita Krilov, Mauricio Shogun Hua, uh, Jimmy Manuel might be too big, but Glover the Rainbow Teixeira, I mean th that type of thing. Jan Blahovich, but Jan Blahovich, uh is, is main eventing a fight card soon. But let's, let's talk more about because you don't want to see him die, which is completely understandable, says Jack Attack about Johnny Walker versus Anderson Silva. Duh. Plus, I've been saying since last week or whatever, I want Johnny Walker to just go straight, straight up toward uh, a title shot at 205 pounds. Stone says, Corey Anderson. Fuck yeah. Anderson Silva versus Corey Anderson. Anderson versus Anderson. I like it. Whatever's next for Anderson Silva, I hope it's not a, a young killer again. You know, I'd like to see him retire. I've been calling for him to retire since he beat Chelsea on the second time. I mean, that was perfect. He had... 15 consecutive victories, UFC record, 10 consecutive title defenses, a UFC record, and he was closing in on his 40th birthday. Closing in, you know, getting closer. Because older guys just don't do that great in the sport. Let's let's move down the card. Ricky Simone defeated Hani Yaya. No, never mind. That was a, that was a decent fight. Let's switch gears, guys, and get into what our post-fight bonuses would be for this night of fights. I'm going to try to look and see if the official ones are out yet. And while I do that, tell me who you would give an extra $50,000 to. Keep in mind, we aren't actually giving anybody any money at all. I only have like a few grand in my bank account. So I, you know, I can't afford to give anybody money. Um, but since it's pretend, let's give out our post-fight bonuses. Josh Sanchez says, fight of the night to... Adesanya versus Silva. Love it. Give Anderson more money. Performance of the night goes to Montana De La Rosa, uh, Devontae Smith, and Lando Venata. He said or Lando, but we're giving out five, so I like it. Rob Amon says, because he disliked the fight card so much, no fucking bonuses. No soup for you, he says, basically. What a soup Nazi. Henato uh, Hebaukas says Silva versus Connor is a dream fight. I think Connor's probably lining up with Donald Cerrone. So let's just put that out of our minds. Are we eligible to get a post-fight bonus? Well, fuck yeah. Let's give one post-fight bonus to the fans. The people who even found a different way to watch this pay-per-view main card. 
um, because the, this, these fights were not very good. So one post-fight bonus goes to the fans. Uh, Jack Attack says, Yaya versus Simone was the best fight of the night. I disagree. Most It was a one-sided, like, mm, posturing. I don't know. I didn't enjoy it that much. Just, y y there was, sure, there was some, okay, it was actually really fun. You're right. There was some knockdowns. Both guys hurt each other. Um, it was a very intelligent performance by Ricky Simone. But yeah, I would give my fight of the night to Anderson the Spider Silva versus Israel Adesanya. The other two bonuses are going to go to Devontae Smith because of his post-fight speech and his first-round TKO over Dong Young Ma. And then I would give another performance bonus to... Um, uh... I don't know. That's all I'm giving out. One to the fans. One to... Devontae Smith and the fight of the night to the main event. Adesanya versus Silva. I want to read the quote. The, the official performance bonuses went to Devontae Smith and Montana De La Rosa. And fight of the night officially went to Adesanya versus Silva. But I want to read you a quote from the post-fight interview of Devontae Smith after he uh, TKO'd Dong Young Ma in the first round. Let me see if I can find it. John Anik said, hey man, I want you to look at the screen, talk me through your work. And Devontae Smith like took a second and he said, ah, alright man, okay. I uh, said, I hit him with the bing bing, he fell down, said, said, I said, let me stay patient because I don't feel like trying to wrestle me. I don't feel... Damn it. I'll, I'll say it without an accent. I hit him with the bing-bing. He fell down. I said, let me stay patient because I don't feel like him trying to wrestle me. So I hit him with the three. Came with the two. Light jab two. Step back under the arm. Ah! I see Herb Dean and I'm like, I'm going to keep going because you better do your job, Herb, or I'm going to keep hitting this fool. Basically what he said. It was really, really close. It was a really, really fun breakdown of his own performance a recap of his own performance it was fantastic stone says who do i got Nganu or kane velasquez let's just talk about the next event oh by the way i just want to say this on film i went plus 14.08 units on the night gambling fucking dope i had uh Kai Car France in a parlay with Lando Venata. Ooh, I had to really sweat the Kai Car France one. You know, he won that split decision. I had a Dung, uh, Devante Smith over Dong Young Ma parlayed with Patricky Pitbull. And, and like an idiot, I bet on Nadia Kassem. Oops. Sorry. Still came out plus 14.08 units. Uh, let's talk about the next event, which is happening next Sunday. On ESPN, the main card. Uh, the prelims are also on ESPN, and the early prelims are on ESPN Plus. Early prelims: Henan Browers, Luke Sanders. Wow. Uh, main, like featured prelim on ESPN: Jimmy Rivera versus Aljamain Sterling. Wow. Main event: Francis Ngannou versus Cain Velasquez. Just those three fights alone make it better than UFC 224. I'm going to pick Francis Ngannou to knock out Cain Velasquez. I feel like Cain Velasquez is uh, fragile. 
He's been injured a lot, been out with injury for the majority of his career, it feels like, at least. Um, and even though he has really good wrestling, I think that Francis Ngannou stuffs a takedown and hits him with the bing-bing, the big right hand. Co-main event, James Vick, Paul Felder. Going with Paul Felder. Uh, James Vick's last fight was against Justin Gaethje in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I was there, and I drank beers with Paul Felder afterward at a bar. And I talked to Paul Felder about the fight. And um, he's a he's a very intelligent man, Paul Felder. And uh, I feel like he knows exactly what James Vick bring, brings to the table. And I think he can hit him with you know, a similar shot to what Gaethje hit him with. Also, Felder is... He's known as this uh, kickboxer, striker. He's got an underrated ground game. And I think that threatening with that ground game could open up his striking and he's going to knock out the taller fighter and James Vick again. Ian Gifford says, Kane's been through too much carnage and Ngannou's got that confidence back. Absolutely. Jack Attack says, James Vick has zero chin. I don't know about zero, but it's certainly not the best. Also on the card, Vicente Luque versus Brian Barbarena. Andre Touchy Feely versus Miles Fury Jury. Scott Hassas Holtzman versus Nick Lentz. Jessica Panay's coming back against Jody Escabel. Alexandra Albu. Man, this card is the shit. The shit. That, that card's fucking awesome. And it's on a Sunday uh, where I got a three-day weekend. I don't have to work the next day. Fantastic. And Josh Sanchez says, we we all win just because Cynthia Calvillo is fighting. And her opponent is Courtney, the cast iron Courtney Casey. Also, the UFC debut of Cron Gracie. My goodness. Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres is fighting Cron Gracie. What an amazing card that is. I can't wait for it. We'll be doing a post-fight show for that as well. While I've got you guys here, I think I'm going to piece it out. Please give the video a thumbs up. Let's see if we can get it to 100 thumbs up. That would be absolutely amazing. We're at 31 right now. I don't think I've ever had 100 thumbs up on a post-fight show. So if you could help me out with that, thumb up the video. It mean a lot to me. I'll be back next week for the same exact type of post-fight show for UFC on ESPN 1. Cain Velasquez headlined the UFC on Fox 1 now whole bunch of years later he's also going to headline ufc on espn one wow what a deal anyway i'll see you guys next week i'll be live tweeting for mania during the card after the card we'll be back right here i'm gonna head over watch the post fight uh, press conference for ufc 234 do some tweeting drinking a little bit before i call this night and end and i hope that you guys have a fun rest of your evening namaste thanks for being here josh jack rob ian Marcus, Marcelo, all of you, Nighty uh, Enaaku, all of you, got a lot of love for you. Namaste and cheers. Josh, MVP's gonna knock Daly out. It's gonna be dope.